Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Ray Giese. Ray, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's do this. Ray is a CFP, a CCSP, and an MS. He is a career and personal finance coach and educator with career and financial pathways. I'm excited to have you on. Ray, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I was born and raised in the city of Chicago, so I'm a Cub fan, nice. and uh, put myself through school and uh, spent about 30 years in, in corporate sales. Around age 55, I decided to recreate myself, though. It's time to do something different. Went back to school, earned a master's in personal finance, and devote my time now in my encore career to help people with their career development. And you might ask why. Um, because personal finance starts, everything with finance starts with the ability to earn a living. There aren't a lot of personal financial planners or other people that really focus on helping people maximize their earning power. So that's my, my little niche in the world. I like it. And that is the truth. Everything with finance does begin with our ability to earn a living and earn income because without that, it is awfully difficult to do financial planning without money. So that's right. That's right. <clears throat> I appreciate that. So, okay. So how, how does the work actually manifest itself? Is it you're helping people to, to find the right career, to make choices about uh, finding a different one? Really, it starts with one's natural ability. So what are you born with? What are you born to do? What do you find easy to do and very successful when you do it? And that's really starts with a baseline assessment of those natural abilities. So that's, that's what I do to start with. And we build on that by, by lacing in, layering in interests, skills, values, uh, a little bit of family background, uh, your goals, and then where you're at in life. So typically there's, uh, uh, you know, a handful of, of what we call turning points in life. One is when you're essentially coming out of high school, right? Preparing for your career, whether it be in college or in trade school. One is uh, typically I find a lot of young adults might spend five or 10 years in a particular field and then all of a sudden it dawns on them, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. I need to recreate myself. This isn't gonna last me for 30 years. And the other uh, turning point is like mid 50s to early 60s, people are beginning to kind of come to the conclusion of a particular career and are wondering about what's next, what's the next chapter. And so those are the three primary turning points of people that I work with. Got it. How often do people have a good understanding of their natural abilities? Is that common or uncommon? Uh, a lot of people have an inherent knowledge, but they can't explain it. Hmm. Uh, one client I said that, that I took through the assessment told me, he says, you've now given me a way to explain it, not only to myself, but to other people. Okay. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's one of the key components of what I do is help people become more aware and more articulate about what they can do. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that very much. Um, 
And once you have that conversation, and these are very, very broad general questions that are difficult to answer, but, but Hey, <laughs> how, how, often, how often are people in, uh, in, 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 in careers that, 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 that suit them? Not very often. Okay. Uh, most of the time I, I, I use the analogy of a, a deck of cards. The typical approach is you look at the cards and say, oh, that one looks interesting. Let me try that one. And they play it and they find out in a, in a period of time that it, that just doesn't fit them. That's not their best hand that they can play. Uh, how, many, how many young adults do you know that go to college and change their, their majors once or twice or even three times? Sure. So, you know, it, it's, they're, not, they're not picking the card that's best suited for them to play in that game. Uh, the same thing for people that might get through college based upon an interest and then find that interest wanes. Now what do they do, right? They have to switch careers. So we always use natural abilities as the foundation to layer in the interest and skills and so on because those natural abilities you're born with and they're hardwired into you. They don't change. Everything else around you, though, in terms of your, your whole person, in some form or fashion, changes during your lifetime. But the one thing that's constant is those natural abilities. Those lend themselves to, to help you define what, what work types or responsibilities you're going to be best at, what roles and responsibilities you should be looking for and searching in, regardless of what industry you're really uh, interested in at the time. Yeah, it certainly makes sense. And this idea of nature versus nurture, I mean, our DNA and how we are wired, we can probably change it a little bit, but but probably best to to not try to try to go against it. Well, okay, and it makes sense that that's really the foundation. So if, if you could go a little bit deeper into how we figure out what those natural abilities are. There is a, uh, uh, two different ways you can do that. One is subjectively testing. One is objectively testing. What do I mean by that? Well, subjectively is we've taken all of these. A lot of us have taken these assessments online. It's how you feel at that specific moment in time, right? And that feeling or, or uh, your, your knowledge of that particular time will change. An objective test is, is a timed experience. So you only have a certain number of minutes to complete a particular work sample or task. That tries to get to the natural ability in a much more objective, measured way. And so the, the assessment I work with is called the Highlands Ability Battery. It's been around since the 1950s. And that tries as best as it can to, to truly measure natural abilities versus just how do you feel about these things. Got it. And I think that we've probably had the experience of taking those tests, and as we're taking them, we start thinking about how we're answering them, and we sort of get in our heads. And so perhaps that's where the timed element comes in, and just tries to tries to get around that. For lack that of that's right. Time. You can, you can't you can't game it. In other words, we can all learn to do something if we had enough time to do it, right. and we would we would score better. But the whole objective of the Highlands program in the, in the assessment is to, to give you a limited amount of time. And I've had almost everybody that takes it says, boy, parts of those were really frustrating. Well, there's a reason they're frustrating because that's not part of your natural ability, right? You couldn't <laughs> figure it out in the time frame that you had to complete the task. Which isn't a bad thing. That's, that's frankly probably a really good thing because now you know. Well, it's exactly. You want to know what your best abilities are and how to play those in the, in the marketplace of a career so you can maximize your income. That's the whole point. Right. 
For example, if you gave me a math test and I got a, a 50% or a 30%, I would not care because I know that I'm terrible at math. So, <laughs> Right, but you, have, you would have other abilities that other people wouldn't have that you could capitalize on within that, that career opportunity. Yes. And the, the point I try to make as well is that low scores aren't good, high scores aren't bad. We, we need the, uh, the continuum of people that have this mix of natural abilities to make our organizations successful, you know, whether it be a company or, or an effort, a project, whatever it might be, we need all types of people with all different types of natural abilities to make that effort successful. So what's at risk if, if somebody, if somebody goes through the first 18 years of life and doesn't understand this, or if they, you know, they wait until 55 years old to figure this out? Well, it would be nice if someone 18 years old uh, would, would take the time to do it because it will dramatically focus their efforts in post-high school. And the reason I say post-high school is because college may not be the best choice for them. It may be a technical uh, approach, technical school or degree, something of that nature. But if, if that would be the ideal time, 16 to 18 years of age, to figure it out, give you more focus, help you graduate on time, and with less student loan debt, if, if any at all, um, to, to start your life and your career day one, being able to save and invest for the long term. The average college student comes out of college with roughly $37,000 worth in debt, and it takes them 10 years to pay that off on average. That's 10 years lost of saving and investing for their long-term goals. And any financial planner will tell you the first 10 or 15 years are the most critical to allow that compounding to happen to reach their goals within time. So that's that's the whole focus of what I'm trying to uh, to change and really what got me excited about focusing on career development in relation to financial planning. Yeah, well, it's certainly that, there, that, that makes sense. Yeah, and there really is not a bad time to start. I mean, and I've even, I've mentioned many young adults in their late 20s, early 30s, all of a sudden wake up one day and say this, you know, what I chose, the card I chose to play in my original career isn't what I, what I was meant to do, what I want to do. Help me, help me, help me uh, reboot my career. So, you know, that's as good a time as any. It's better to do it then than wait another 20 years and slog through life and figure out that you're never going to make it. Right. Yeah, there's no so, doubt. There's, there's never a bad time. The, the most, the most uh, successful time, the best time to do it, those early on before you, you make those key decisions. The best time to plant a tree 20 years ago or today. That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, I think that, I think that we all know that we're supposed to be planning for our future. We're supposed to have goals and we also know that we're supposed to write those goals down. And I think that there've been a lot of conversations as of late. Certainly I talk about it a lot of, of understanding what your values are Um so, and so few of us do that as well. So actually having a conversation about your goals, about your values, about what you're naturally good at, and then talking about also your interests and your skills would be beneficial for anyone. And to your point, particularly a young person. So if they do take on $37,000 of debt, at least it's in, or they now have a certificate or some kind of a document that will allow them to pursue a career that they're really interested in doing. That being said, not only, not only yeah. interested in George, but 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 good at right. right. They're right. interested, they're good at, and quite frankly, they enjoy. So those three things together, that's the trifecta of a career, right? 
interested, good at, and enjoy. I think that that makes sense. Okay, so sometimes it's tough to get through to kids. I have a two and a half year old, and uh, I'm having a difficult time this week. But but for a 16, 17, 18 year old, how do you, how, how how do you start that conversation? You know, a lot of it is through their parents. So I may I may do some work with their parents or a friend uh, of of their child. Uh, and then I start the conversation about, look, these are the types of turning points that are best to, to start. And I say, well, hey, I, I know a young man or a young woman uh, in high school, a friend of mine, who, who might be able to use your help. And that it just happened the other day, as a matter of fact. I'm working with a, with a teenager, junior in high school, that came about as a result of the work I was doing with another professional in career development. So that's usually the best way. Um, you try to approach high schools that are very protective and for good reasons of their students. Uh, so it's just a matter of networking toward that goal, uh, working with young, young adults or, or parents at that time. Yeah, I think that that certainly makes sense. All right. So for parents who are listening and they are maybe interested in starting the conversation or, or getting their, their, their kid thinking about this, um, Mm -hmm. And obviously, I want people to, to, to reach out to you to engage with you. Uh, but for some preliminary conversations, how would you coach them to to start planting those seeds about, hey, little Johnny, let's start thinking about what, what, what you maybe you're really, really good at? Right. No, that's exactly the point is, um, you know, part of it's financial, right? Either, either the student's going to pay for the post-high school training or education or the parents will. So there's a motivation, hopefully, to try to u- utilize that financial uh, um, source most effectively or minimize the need for student loan debt. So that's the first conversation. Hey, we've got to make a smart buying decision here. You know, a lot of people spend more time researching new cars to buy versus what what they can do to minimize that student loan debt. So that's the first conversation. How we can how we can make a better decision on how we spend money to train you post high school. The second part of it is the student himself, uh, him himself or herself has to be ready to to receive that message. Right? Um, you know, a lot of them are so tied up in activities or video games. How do you catch their attention? Right. Um, so there's a certain point in time when all of a sudden the light bulb goes off and says, you know, I've only got a year or two left in high school. What am I going to do after that? So some of them catch that lightning in the bottle and decide, okay, I'm going to devote time to do this. It's not means they drop everything and start the assessment and the planning process, but at least it starts to plant the seed and get them thinking about um, that ultimate decision of what they're going to do after high school. It's very clear when a young adult comes to me in their late 20s, early 30s, all of a sudden it's like they're motivated. Right. They, did, they decided, I can't do this for the next 30 years. I have to make a change. How do I do that? And that's the, the process we guide them through. Yeah, yeah. After spending 10 years in a cubicle in some kind of a meat grinder corporate America, I, I imagine that helps the light bulb to turn on, on a little bit quicker yes, it does. than sometimes a yes, 17-year-old. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, and to your point, it's, it's certainly better late than never. Okay. Just just plant the seed, allow allow third parties. So I have articles and other things that I send to parents to allow the, the, the young adults to, to read and to kind of process. Look, if the parents tell them, it doesn't mean anything. If someone else outside the home tells them, 
maybe it maybe it, it resonates a little more. I mean, it's the same way with my kids when, when they were growing up, right? Which I think without question is probably, it's got to be the most frustrating thing for, for, <laughs> for any parent to oh, be sure. telling their kid the same thing and then for some random person to tell them and, 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 and it clicks, but that's just how it goes. Exactly. Exactly. That is just how it goes. <clears throat> Got it. So do you find that there are certain recurring themes on how people mess themselves up with 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 their career choices? Is it just that they get stuck in uh in in, in ruts and and can't make decisions to change? Well, the first part of it is they they made the decision to pursue solely uh, based on interest, hmm. right? So again, how many times do you have an interest that you, you, you ply through and then at some point you say, okay, I'm done with this and you move on and, and using that as your sole criteria or one of the, the, the few criteria you use to choose a career is not a good place to start because at some point that interest is going to change. So that's the first thing that I would, I would tell people is interests are incredibly important. They provide the passion and the drive but you have to use the foundation of your abilities and then layer in the interest on that. So you take your career choices from, you know, 52 cards down to maybe three, right? And then you take those three and say, okay, I'm going to go do some, some interviewing of people that are currently in the field to see whether or not that those three cards are a good match. And typically it gets, it gets narrowed down to one after those interviews to validate what you're thinking about your career, your potential career. Oh, here. So that's that's the process we follow. Um, so number, you know, the two things I would say is base it on natural abilities, layering your interest and everything else, and then go out and validate before you commit to it. Nice. Excellent. Well, Ray, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? You know, I'm going to borrow from Benjamin Franklin. He said, an investment in knowledge pays the best interest. So continue to learn, continue to build on your on your human capital that you can translate and transform into financial capital long term. Wank, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. If Ben Franklin can't get a come on, there's no hope for the rest of us, Ray. So <laughs> Ray, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? They can visit my website. It's cfpathways.com. And that's C is in Charles, F is in Frank, pathways.com. I'm uh, also, um, it's Ray at cfpathways.com for the email. I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook as well. Perfect. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Ray your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to cfpathways.com. Check out all the great stuff on the site and follow him on social media. And I'll list all that in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Ray. I appreciate the, uh, the opportunity, George. It was, uh, it was enjoyable. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step-by-step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash 
podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.